Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Yesterday we had a great conversation with Jason Huffman, who's the agriculture editor at Politico. He authored a story for Politico. Actually, Helena Botmiller Evick authored the story. He edited it. But the gist of it was that lawyers are now pitching states' attorneys general in 16 states with the idea of making the food industry pay for soaring obesity-related health care costs. In other words, in the same manner in which big tobacco was caused to pay in that class action, $246 billion, so as to bring about a settlement with 46 different states. Now, there's a mindset in some quarters that a similar approach should be taken with regard to big food. I should point out that thus far... No attorneys general have signed on to the campaign, but the argument is that the food and beverage companies have, to some extent, contributed to the nation's obesity crisis, and they ought to have to pony up. It reminds me of a great book, now available in paperback. It was an instant 
number one New York Times bestseller when it first came out, Salt, Sugar, Fat, which was written by Pulitzer Prize winner Michael Moss. He's been here before when the book was first released, and I remember writing about him at the time, if you want to know why one in five kids and one in three adults is considered clinically obese, why 24 million, while 24 million Americans are afflicted by type 2 diabetes and an additional 79 million have pre-diabetes, it's partly because the food manufacturers have our number. Michael Moss returns to the program now. Hey, Michael, thanks for coming back. I appreciate your time. Great to talk to you again. I love the book. You'll remember that from our first conversation. And I guess uh, on the heels of what I just said about the state's attorneys general, I should make the point that in salt, sugar, fat, you don't say that big food has done something nefarious, but rather they've just gotten too good at what they do. Well, I love that sort of that, that the, the lawyer's notion, too, because it does sort of speak to that. Yes, I don't see this industry as this evil empire that intentionally set out to make us overweight or otherwise sick. The problem lies in their collective zeal to do what all companies want to do, which is to make as much money as possible by selling as much product as possible. And the problem lies in their dependence on using gobs of salt, sugar, fat to achieve that. And so moving forward, if you're looking to a solution I also don't look to these companies to suddenly get philanthropical on us. I think any solution is going to have to be financially based, and hitting them in the pocketbook is certainly one approach. Of course, when we have these conversations now, people are, I'll speak for myself, I'm always trying to uh, draw a comparison between big tobacco and big food. In the case of big tobacco, it was nefarious. They knew what they had on their hands and continued to market it in a way that was not uh, fully advising the public of what they then knew. Is that issue the same with big food? Yeah, I think, well, yes and no. I mean, I think the reason we haven't seen a tobacco-type lawsuit against big food, or at least one that's been successful, is because when you get it up in front of the jury, it is a very different thing, right? Tobacco is tobacco. Food inherently is something that still kind of makes us healthy and tick, and there's nothing inherently wrong with salt, sugar, fat. It certainly defines a large part of my diet, unfortunately, but but it's, again, so the question comes, the question is going to be for these attorneys, you know, can they show that these food giants stepped over the line and with some intent created their products in a way that we would find irresistible and compelling to overeat. The industry argues, no, we're just making them utterly irresistibly and attractive to people, alluring. I would argue it's a very fine line between having us want their products and having us want more and more of them. There's so many illustrations in Salt, Sugar, Fat of what you're discussing. My favorite, I think, still is the thought process, the science, the research that went into a line extension for Dr. Pepper. Do you mind giving us the short version of that story? Not at all. I spent time with a legend in the industry, Howard Moskowitz, trained in high math and experimental psychology at Harvard. He walked me through his creation of a new flavor for, for Dr. Pepper. Started with no less than 60 different variations of sweetness, each one just sort of slightly different than the other. Subjected it to 3,000 consumer taste tests around the country. Took the data, put it in his computer, did his high math regression analysis thing. And out comes this curve that's bell-shaped. It looks like what kids get graded on in school. 
But at the top of the curve, instead of the dreaded middle C, is what he coined the term the bliss point, the perfect amount of sweetness, not too little, not too much. And the problem from nutritionist standpoint is not that, you know, soda has, has a perfected bliss point, but that the food companies have marched around the store creating bliss points for foods that were even sweet before. So bread now has sugar in it. Yogurt, some brands as much as ice cream, pasta sauces can have the equivalent of a couple of Oreo cookies and a half cup, tiny half cup serving. And that teaches us, and especially kids, to expect sweetness in everything. So when you drag their little butts over to the produce aisle and get them to eat more broccoli and and Brussels sprouts and they get those bitter notes, forget about it. So there, and we consumers, although not those who have read the book, but consumers generally, they don't understand the level of of science and research and thought that has gone into dialing back on the salt, upping the sugar, and getting it just right to that, as you put it, bliss point. You walk into the grocery store, and it's designed to be like this la-la land where you leave even your self-sense at the door. And everything they're trying to do is, is driven at getting you to make a spontaneous decision. And, and while I'm hoping that the book is a wake-up call to the industry, I'm also hoping that it's really empowering to people who read it. Because once you know all the tricks that they're using, that in and of itself can help level the playing field so you can get in and out of the store with your health intact. You told me previously that the best way to get out of that store with my health intact is to stay on the perimeter. Yeah, I love that. That's where the produce typically is, the fruits and vegetables. Look, even the USDA says we all need to be eating twice as much vegetables and fruits as we are now for better health. You also find the less processed meats there. The other trick, too, of course, even before you walk in stores, make a list and stick to it as best you can with those foods you know are good for you and your family. And then lastly, well, not lastly, the third one is when you get to the middle part of the, uh, the store, Watch out for the center part of the aisle at eye level. That's where the heaviest sugar, fat, saltiest products are because they do these experiments where they put devices on people's heads to measure their eye movements. And they know that when you walk into the aisle, your attention goes to that part. So if you're looking in the cereal aisle for like the plain Cheerios or the plain oatmeal, it's typically going to be down near the floor or way up at high. Lastly, when you get to the checkout counter, be really careful there. That's some of the prime real estate in the store. (laughs) That's why, you know, the store started putting coolers with soda right there at the checkout that are so tempting to grab. Michael, to your point, when I was a teenager, I loved Mountain Dew. Yeah. You know, the older I get, the more I've had to wean myself off of it, not only because of the the caffeine screws me up, but also just because I, I have to control my weight. And I recently had a Mountain Dew. Where did I reach for it? Exactly where you just described. I saw it just the other day at my grocery store. It's really pretty amazing. I mean, they've got the grocery store totally scoped out on that. And I and I empathize with that. I'm more of a fat and salt guy myself. So, you know, it's when they start putting the potato chips at the checkout line that I uh, I fall victim to my cravings. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4 
Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America located in Washington, D.C. provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Well, the good the good news is that the way in which my wife and I have raised our children, I think, has been on the up and up. After all, we feed them Lunchables. <laughs> good for you, but it's probably Lunchables that you make, right, Michael? Well, talk about the Lunchables and what went into that process. So that is a fabulous story that's more, you know, that's, that's less about the food than it is about the marketing power that goes into these products. Because once they get the formula down, they then turn to their salespeople and say, help us hit the emotional buttons that people have for eating through advertising. And that's exactly what the Lunchables, to remind people it's this TV dinner type trade that started out 
having um, little pieces of meat and cheese and crackers, and it morphed into cold pizza lunchables and hamburger, hot dog, taco lunchables. And very early on, Kraft, the manufacturer, realized it was less about the food than the empowerment that it gives to kids on the playground in the lunchroom when they, when they, they bring their brightly colored little package of lunchables out. And that's where the advertising slogan came. You know, all day you got to do what they say, but lunchtime is all yours. Marketing advertising for processed foods is incredibly powerful and effective. It's built a $1 billion a year brand in Lunchables alone, right? Yes, absolutely. And even more significantly, sort of ushered in this era of fast food type foods coming into the grocery store. And one could argue potentially becoming a bit of a gateway product for kids to get used to eating things like the cold pizza, where kind of the tactile and the emotional sense is, is, is bigger to them than the actual food itself. Hey, so, something else that I think differentiates us from our parents, we have not aged out of snacking. If anything, we've aged in. No, and Frito-Lay discovered that, actually. They were, they, were, they were dialing back on their marketing as baby boomers sort of aged and grew until they realized that baby boomers weren't, in fact, eating less snacks. They were eating, if anything, more. And so they sort of reversed course and cranked up their, their marketing efforts on that. Yeah, no, it's you don't lose. Look, I think as people age, they lose a little bit of their sweet tooth, but that very quickly gets replaced placed by cravings and vulnerabilities and habits for fat and salty foods. Michael, a final question or final area. Assume that, well, I am a trial lawyer, although I, I don't practice day to day, but assume that, that a, a trial bar were to contact you and say, we want to convince the attorney general of state X, Y, or Z to let us go after big food. What can be in our arsenal? What's the best of your evidence that there's blood on the hands of big food with regard to the obesity crisis and that they've done something that is nefarious? Well, as a journalist, of course, I couldn't engage with them at this question. I have to, you know, I would have to say, look, you know, read the book. Read my book, right. In there. But I have to think that as lucky as I was to sort of get inside these food giants with documents, that I didn't find everything. And there may well be those memos where the industry more overtly expresses its day and night ambition to maximize the allure of its products. And again, I think the fine line is, are they doing so just to get us to like their products? Are they doing so to get us to want more and more of them to the point of overeating? Clearly, we already know that the food giants have been aware for years and years about their own culpability in the obesity crisis. And that, I think, could go a long way in terms of shaping an argument. But, and a couldn't, you make the, but couldn't you make the same argument about Detroit? I mean, every, they're all seeking to do the same thing, which is to get us to buy more of their product. If there were a really hot car that came out of, of our manufacturing, geez, Americans shouldn't have bought so many of those cars because they got in over their head. I don't know. I'm I'm scrambling here to just to come up with an analogy to say that maybe that's not enough. Well, I think what happened with tobacco is that there was a discovery 
of some inherent internal knowledge that tobacco was, in fact, addictive. And if you put it out and market it like that, inevitably, some, if not all, people are going to overconsume and get hooked on it and get in health trouble. And I think that that's probably the key that you're looking for is some sort of very overt self-awareness that the marketing power, the formulation of their foods would cause people to overconsume and thus lose their good health. I think that's what you would be looking for. I, I assume I would be looking to introduce anecdotal evidence of it's almost like a meeting of the five families that you describe how in the spring of 1999, the heads of the world's largest food companies all got together and spoke about this issue. That was a very powerful meeting because the clock sort of starts ticking back in 1999 because that meeting was called together by none other than cabals of insiders in the companies who are becoming growingly concerned about their culpability, not just for obesity, but diabetes and even linking their products to certain cancers. And that's when you can start holding food executives sort of accountable for their decision making. And look, they would argue that as they did at that meeting, we're beholden to consumers, yes, and to consumers um, and to their, to their health. But you have to remember we're companies too, and we're also beholden to shareholders. So moving forward, aside from any potential litigation, I think that's where the solution is going to lie. It's looking for financial incentives can, that can get these food giants to start making truly healthy versions of their products. Hey, Michael, I would tell people about your book, Salt, Sugar, Fat, that they should read it so that they know what they're up against. Yeah, I think so. Again, empowering. It will tell you everything the food giants are doing to compel you to buy their products walking into the store. And knowing that it certainly worked in, in my own shopping experience will help level the playing field for you. I wish you the best in the, uh, the the soft cover version of it, the number one New York Times bestseller, Salt, Sugar, Fat by Michael Moss. Thank you for coming back. My pleasure. Good to All know. right, there you are. That's Michael Moss. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.